Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the, the briefing. And it's such a pleasure to be here. We're going to have a wonderful show. Um, we'll get into what's going on with how we're going to take, uh, really help people with the infrastructure. Um, because big company, you know, the, the, the big trend that we're seeing is a lot of small systems, small to medium systems, and the big companies have a hard time dealing with it. We are veterans of that. So without further ado, I'm going to share screen and give you some of the standard stuff while um, people are arriving. So water's new gold, and we are for sure a recession-proof market. Water just keeps on trucking, and the worse it gets, the better we are. Unfortunately, I, I hate to say that. There's a German word called schadenfreude, which means <laughs> pleasure at people's pain. <laughs> Terrible word, very German. But um, so I, I don't want to you know, try and profit from things being bad because uh, there's lots of things to handle in water without it getting worse. Anyway, it is the 10th of June and it's briefing number 114. Of course, we have um, the usual safe harbor statement where we tell you that we're doing the very best we can to tell you exactly how it is, but it can occasionally occur that it does not. Okay, so... Uh, you saw this morning that we announced the arrival of Ricardo Garcia. He's been on the show before. He's now officially on the board of advisors. And uh, what I thought I'd do is just, um, you know, review the announcement a little bit. So um, here he is. Here's a picture of him. Um, and um, he says, I'm excited for the potential to use blockchain technology to help manage payment systems on origin clears outsourced water programs now being developed and he's going to help set up the roadmap and choose the resources for this project now ricardo of course is a good friend of ours um, he's also a major investor in origin clear and he is a senior program manager at red hat red hat uh, was launched many years ago to commercialize open source Unix, which is called Linux. And um, he has done a lot of amazing things, including he set up um, uh, Hewlett Packard's, he helped set up Hewlett Packard's managed services uh, uh, offering in the, um, like a, a WebEx type, type offering back in the day when it was very early. And so he understands managed services. He was, uh, he, he retired from the, uh, the Marine Corps as a sergeant and he is a master in systems engineering. So that's the story with him and we're very pleased to have him on board. So with that, we will continue. As you know, we presented on the eighth at the LD Micro and what I'm gonna do is, uh, and by the way, if you're raising your hand, it's better to chat because I won't be, I won't be uh, opening up your comments live, but. I will read off your comments in the chat. So what I'm going to do now is quickly, um, Akko says, hey, and I say, hey, all right. Um, and what I'm going to do is um, reshare the screen with uh, video optimization, as we know how to do here. Um, and let's, I'm going to play a brief, since you know this presentation, I'm just going to go ahead and play this quickly at the beginning of it. Water is broken. Washington is allocating more than $100 billion to fix it. 
but we know that runaway inflation will doom that effort. What can we do? The solution is direct action by local businesses to clean their own water, but they want to pay that by the gallon with no capital expense up front. So with a few select accredited investors, Origin Clear is building water on demand to fund and operate water as a service and to streamline payments. The company intends to develop SH2O, a digital currency which could develop into the world's first water marketplace. Origin Clear is helping to make water the next great asset, combining great gains with great good for the world. Speaking with us today is CEO Riggs Eckleberry. Riggs, take it away. Hi, I'm Riggs Eckleberry. I'm the chairman and CEO of, well, you know the rest, of course. And um, so I'm not going to um, make you go through it, the, the, our presentation. And I graded him nine out of 10 because he said SH2O as opposed to dollar H2O. He's going to go back to school on that. But anyway, <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it, you, know, you know, exposure is a good thing. So I'm going to continue here. And uh, now this is a very good intro to our gentleman tonight. Here we go back into share mode. Welcome everyone, it's great to have you here. Progressive Water Treatment, as we know, PWT, down in McKinney, Texas, right outside of Dallas. I love that group. They are those hardworking guys that just get in there and do the work. The machines they're making and the quality of the work they produce at that facility is phenomenal. It gets all the way down to the simplicity of the welding they do on a machine. You know, they do butt welding, for example, on the valves. The precision of the quality of that detail work, that little thing that might be about this big, is so exceptionally good. It just is the earmark of how detail-oriented they are on something that simplistic. But now you then expand that across the size of their machines, whether they're making a reverse osmosis machine with you know 20 filters on it, or they're doing a pumping system or a booster skid platform. And these machines range all the way from the size of a Volkswagen car up to the size of a tractor trailer. And they're impressive machines. And they have handled it like champions all the time. They do everything in a way that just is like so easy to them. They're just like, I'm going to do that today. And then a couple weeks later, there's this beautiful, incredible machine that you'll see on our site all the time, which is just like, my God, that thing's insanely cool. And it's a really sophisticated piece of technology, actually. But they just make it look so simple. Great little show, and uh, we just pulled that together to introduce our Progressive. Um, Tom Marchesello and Dan Early. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop sharing so that we can get out of the video optimization and say, hello, guys. Hey, how are you? Good evening. So, Akus, I, I see a chat here. Uh, I don't know where to begin. No, I don't know the rest. I never saw any of this. Well, okay. Because you just hang in there and watch, it's going to be fun. Um, so what we're gonna, I'm going to do now, um, well, who, the people we have on on the screen here, Tom Archicello, Chief Operating Officer, and Daniel Early, our Chief Engineer. Uh, we've, we're having all these uh, Star Trek <laughs> Star Trek jokes. <laughs> she cannot do it, Captain. But nonetheless, uh, he does a wonderful job. So without further ado, I'm going to let uh, Tom take it away and just turn off the video optimization here. And bada beam, bada boom.
All right. Well, thanks, Riggs. I appreciate the uh, the intro. And, you know, every time I see myself on video, you know, by our, our team that did it, it makes me look good. I'm like, my gosh, we do so much work. But uh, the truth of the matter is our, our equipment sells itself. When you see our photos and you see our videos of these incredible machines that our team does, you just got to be impressed. You know, I think uh, we've all gotten caught up in the, the whiz bang of, you know, cell phone technology and internet technology. And we forget these big machines out there are technology also. And they've been maturing for decades and decades to the point where like, you know, it's 2021 and we've got some incredible technology and technologists according, you know, for our industry of which Dan Early is one of those gentlemen who's on with us right now, our head engineer. And uh, we're making fantastic machines that uh, go out in the field and do a water treatment job. So tonight we're gonna to tell you a little bit more about what are we doing? How's our operations going? We're gonna specifically talk about what some of the things you've been discussing, which is who's really gonna benefit from this big infrastructure plan and how does our machines and our business model fit it? And then how does our DBOO you know, capability and process work? And then Dan's gonna go over some of our most recent engagements that we've had with people. So to get it kind of going, we'll talk a little bit about infrastructure. Yeah, I call it tapping the keg. You know, Joe Biden's out there telling us there's uh, billions and billions and billions of dollars coming our way for the water industry and the energy industry. So sustainability is a big thing. ESG is a big deal. And we have infrastructure that's failing all the U.S. In fact, $35 billion already got passed by the Senate, I think, unanimously. Yes, it did. And those, those dollars are because there's critical infrastructure that has to happen. People need to drink clean water. And we all have wastewater that has to make it to the actual treatment plants. And you, you don't want that stuff spilling all over the road. So uh, there's real big things out there. The question we've always asked is like, how do we fit in? You know, where does Origin Clear come in to, you know, participate in this, this new spending spree that the government's uh, you know, putting the tab on? And uh, Dan and I have been talking some of our peers, actually, to ask them, you know, where we fit a little bit and where they see it coming. And we've got it down to what we call positioning. You know, this really has to do with where are you in the, uh, the supply chain, so to speak, you know, how far up and down you are and what part of the market you're serving. We looked at the infrastructure plan. We noticed a lot of it was earmarked to try to hit what you call local or small or rural underserved communities, which is great because our equipment is so perfectly suited for small to midsize, you know, corporate or industrial or small rural towns where they don't have the big infrastructure and they need it so desperately. So our size and our price point is the perfect fit. Now, the way we go ahead and get people to buy our stuff and then participate with us is we work with our peer group. And sometimes those peer group are our engineering partners and our architectural partners and construction engineer specifiers who need to know who we are and what we're doing right now. So they say, oh yeah, that piece of equipment, that's perfect. And that really needs to go right here on this project. So that's a lot about what we've identified as to who's getting the money. It's not this good, nobody's gonna write a check to us, but they're gonna write a check to this group of people who are already positioned. So one of the things we were looking at was with our DBOO model and kind of moving up the food chain. Design, build, own and operate. Right, because we're moving out of just, I'm just a manufacturer making a product into, um, we're making a product, we're also operating it and servicing it. So in the old days, you'll see these architectures of general contractors and engineers and architects, and everybody's like this hierarchy lineup. And, you know, you don't want to really be on the bottom of the pyramid because you may or may not get on the project. So what we're doing is changing the dynamic a little bit. And we're saying, well, we can change this a little bit to our benefit so you can flop to the next slide and just move up the food chain. 
And by doing that, we can basically say, we can partner to these construction uh, architect and engineering firms. And because we're coming in with a servicing level, they actually treat us more like a partner and a peer group relationship, which basically makes it a lot better than being a vendor relationship at the bottom. So that helps us move up the channel. So you can, the way I kind of illustrated it here was basically in the way the contracts are paid out, you know, as opposed to, you know, the, the hierarchy of the pay rolling downhill, you actually get to move yourself up on the pecking order and actually get paid sooner and actually be part of the solution set. Cause that's where guys like Dan early come in. He's actually providing a solution. So they want to talk to him, not just buy a piece of equipment. So, and in so doing, a lot of the people we're talking to are these what's called A&E firms. Now, A&E firms are architectural engineering firms. They have professional design services and they have the engineers on staff. And they're basically looking at these big construction projects and they have to figure out everything for, where's this piece of equipment going? How's that building going to be built? How's this land going to be managed? So now we get involved with them so that they know that our equipment can now be specified as the basis of design. And what that means is once their firm specifies it, now that equipment is checkmarked off as something that was approved for a project, but now can be shared with the thousands of engineers that they might have in their firm. And we can then repeat that process in the future. Repeatability. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And Dan's been fantastic at making sure that we are lined up for this style of selling as well as, you know, contracting. So that's what I wanted to share with you. So that's one of the processes we're doing. And I want to get into the detail of why that, that worked. Now, DBOO, you know, as we put it out there for design, build, don't operate, a lot of us, you know, obviously we're great at design and build. That We just demonstrated that all the time. Now, own and operate becomes a little bit different. Now, the own part, you're working on the finance, but we haven't talked about the operate enough. So I want to talk a little bit about operating things. You know, when we have a machine out there in the world, I have to maintain it. So one of the ways we want to do that is with kind of like our water technician support center concept. You know, we're going to do more than just have a machine out there. We're going to basically say water on demand says I can have a live tech support center. I can have remote monitoring on this machine. I can make sure I have my field operations alerts and dispatch and routing coordinated. I can make sure I get my parts and consumable resupply chain back out to the machine. And of course, I can also support all the technicians and the engineers who are working on our machines with CE credits and training courses so that they're educated on how to maintain machines and how to pick the right solutions out there. So we have a full stack of water on demand for the entire industry. Today, I'm going to talk to you about what is remote monitoring because it's a cool aspect of it. Remote monitoring is not just you know, my phone chirps a message and says, hey, the machine's on fire today. That's, that's not really what it is. It's a much more complicated topic. You're basically talking about an electronics package that's mounted on our machines. That's our PLCs and so forth. There's actually data loggers on the machines as well as instrumentation packages. And they're constantly telling us, here's what the water is that's going through it. Here's how much is going through. Here's the quality of the material that's moving through it. Here's the status of your machine, if it's good or bad. And then that's connecting to wireless networks as well as getting back to a data center so we can analyze the information and then get back to people. So our vision for the future of how we want to do remote monitoring is really a big upgrade to the way it is now. I want to have much more of like a, a live dashboard environment where I see the asset locations and the status and the performance while I'm also looking at how do I maintain the machine, who touched it last, what was actually being done to the machine. And if there's 
uh, you know, a, a log of information, the people in the field can be writing notes in real time on their mobile devices and actually getting that data back to us. So that's a lot of what we consider remote monitoring. It's not just the monitoring and the data view of, of its status, which is all the SCADA and GIS data. It's also, you know, whether or not it can control it remotely and or whether or not I'm controlling and or communicating with the people who are out in the field. Let me flip to the next one. So that's a lot about what we, we see as a more robust version of asset management. It's making things more efficient because basically the more efficient you can make the machines in the field to perform better, to be maintained better, that reduces the cost of the machine on site for the user, as well as makes it much more strong and more profitable for us to manage. And so we want to make sure these tools are in place to make this a very scalable thing. Now let's get all the way down to the field technician, right? Let's assume I have a machine on site, which you're seeing in image number one. I got to go maintain this thing. Say an alert went off and I told, I sent a field technician over there. So now I, they're armed with, you know, mobile devices like everybody else. So now my machine now itself will carry information on it because not just the PLCs and data loggers, but say I go up to them, I'm like, what is this machine? What is this pump? I can take up my phone and scan a QR code that's actually embedded on my machine and it'll actually pull up real-time data, which you can see in the next slide. And by doing that, I can make things at people's fingertips in real-time for support. So this way, the field technician is just connected. So they can basically use more modern technologies while maintaining our modern machines out there. And then right in the palm of their hand, they'll have support. And if they need to call back to our tech support center, they can do that. And so, matter of fact, I put a little demo together for us to play with tonight, which was, it's an actual live QR code. You know, this would be an example of something you would actually add to a machine as a sticker. And if you want to, you can actually just open up your camera view on your thing and just, uh, you know, point it right at the screen right now. And it'll basically let you pop straight to a website where it will take you information. Now, in this case, I, I embedded actually last week's video briefing, but it could in the future be a how-to video and or it could be the actual documentation that they needed to maintain this activity. So this becomes perfect for you know, quickly accessing documentation in line with the actual machines. So that's sort of the, a little view on how we think about DBOO being streamlined in a more modern, technologically advanced process. So just want to give you a little snippet of that. Thank you very much, Tom. And uh, Dan, you've been patiently listening to all the wonderful things being said about you. And uh, you really are, you know, the finest person around. Can, can we say anything more that will completely embarrass you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're going to make me blush. <laughs> nice, nice. All true. It's all true. So uh, first of all, before it. we go on, uh, Tom here had, had, has really shown us not just that, you know, this is a, he's doing so, so much more than what I expected of him because we wanted to implement, of course, the operate part of DBOO. Well, he's actually going, well, wait a minute, we can actually turn that into a profit center servicing larger water companies. And that's been the message of this uh, slideshow. Amazing. And uh, it's a great leap forward. So thank you for that, Tom. I appreciate it. No problem. Just trying yeah. to be innovative. So uh, I've been uh, relaying Dan's updates now uh, for weeks. And so this time he's here to tell us himself. So uh, take it away, Dan. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Riggs. Appreciate that, uh, Tom. Uh, kudos to you, man. I thought that was a very, very good presentation, very good overview on uh, the DBOO model and the remote operations and service capability. It's, you did an excellent job. Um, I just want to share with the audience tonight that um, things 
are continuing to progress very, very well with regards to the prospects that we're pursuing under the DBO and DBOO model. Um, I know that Riggs uh, over the last several months has sort of given you periodic updates uh, and weekly CEO briefing. Um, so what I thought I would do is I would take uh, just a few, um, a couple of minutes here and just run through a couple of these or a few of these uh, current prospects and just give everybody an update. Um, first one that I think that we are at the doorstep of inking out deals, uh, this mobile home park uh, project located up in Pennsylvania. Uh, very been very actively engaged with uh, the consulting engineers working on that project. They are wrapping up their part, their phase of the of the project, and so that means the next step at this point is to set a is to execute a purchase order with the owner, and to get started with the equipment fabrication and delivery. Um, they uh, we are basis of design, and we are at the eleventh hour, so it is for all intents and purposes, um, it is a done deal from from our perspective. Moving on to a brewery, um, a craft brewery customer that we're working on in the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, this customer, they are still actively moving forward. They are in a situation where they have to pre-treat. They have no ability to discharge to the local public sewer. Their wastewater is too strong. So they have to implement a pre-treatment plan. We're very actively engaged pursuing that opportunity as a DBO. Uh, we are partnered with a DB firm, a design build firm in the Mid-Atlantic and their specialty is uh, the engineering and permitting, and also coordinating the on-site construction. So we support them as a strategic partner, as a vendor. Uh, next one is an RV park um, customer down in Texas. They are wrapping up their um, vesting right determinations and getting the rezones in place. I anticipate that one is going to ramp up very shortly, probably within the next 30 days. I feel comfortable that probably by the end of the summer, we should have that one inside the house under contract moving towards delivery and that was very close to our factory in mckinney texas um uh, the new one one is really accelerated since last week and over the last couple uh, last month is a campground facility out in the midwest um, existing facility uh, it's been around 30 years they are in they are at odds with the local regulatory agency the consulting engineer working for the campground called just this morning and said Please hurry up. We need every last bit of help from you as a design build partner. Uh, we have to get a system under construction underway so that they can be open next year and not be in uh, a state of violation. Um, I'm working with an ag, moving on. I've got an ag customer in the Midwest as well. Uh, I should be delivering. What kind, a, what kind of ag? Um, it is in the poultry industry. Um, mm -hmm. It's an egg producer. It's an egg producer customer. Very unique, um, very unique uh situation. Uh, it's an egg producer, so obviously they're preparing eggs, packaging eggs, and getting them out to, to the marketplace. Uh, quite a bit of wastewater generated in a facility like that, as you can imagine. A lot, I guess a lot of broken eggs, <laughs> per se. But uh, they, um, they have to treat their water. They have contaminated their local soils. Uh, it's a 35-acre farm. Uh, it does have some bird growing capability. And uh, the local regulatory or the state regulatory agency has basically said, cease and desist, you shall no longer discharge mm -hmm. your untreated water. And so these guys are there, they have no other options. They've been pumping and hauling now for about six months, but that is a, uh, a that is basically an enterprise killer. So they are looking very, very seriously at a, um, a hybrid advanced technology that we are proposing is one we're also proposing for the, the pork industry as well. Uh, and so and, and, before, and by the way, you, you were also proposing this as an upgrade in Spain for DepiPork. It's the same technology, right? Um, it's their sister products, not quite exactly the same, but very, very similar. They, they, right. they have a lot of similarities. 
Um, as far as the uh, as far as new prospects, I like to share this, and this is the exciting part, and this is the part I really love about the job. Um, we've had some, we had a residential uh, customer reach out to us today, existing uh, residential complex in North Texas. Um, they're at, they are in trouble with the local regulatory agency. They have to replace and upgrade their facility, but they're also in a unique situation where the surrounding farmland is prime development real estate. And mm. the development world, the commercial real estate development world, is looking at their property and saying, can we come in and upgrade your facility and we will connect you, we will take care of this for you, we will uh, remedy your problems. And in response, and in return, we get access to a much larger treatment facility where we can service the adjoining real estate. That one, um, I can. That's a very promising prospect there. So that more to come on that one as we get deeper into that one. Again, first contact this week, uh, but very very positive. And then um, through some referrals with some of our other customers, uh, we've got several new RV parks that are very very interested in the design build and the design build operate or ownership utility model. So. This um, Riggs and Tom, I will share with you that this is a this is the future. I mean, there is a very very big future and very promising future for us when it comes to this. Now, this is all wastewater, by the way. We haven't even touched on the water side of it. So when you bring when we can bring both of those entities together, that's an even more powerful model. So with that uh, back to you, Riggs. Well, thank you very much, Dan. This is really fascinating. So, really, what you're telling me, it's a re recurring refrain of these businesses now being fined, being uh, told to stop operations, et cetera. And this is happening all over America and you're, you are getting these people needing the help. Now, as I understand it, you know, there a lot of them, I think perhaps all of these on this list are interested in and, you know, uh, the, the system being financed through the owning thing, but we can, we can just as well just do it as a classical system. It, but the finance, I think, would probably accelerate it. Would, would you say that? It will. It definitely will. Raise. Uh, being able to bring the funding model to bear and being able to fund a project and to streamline that process at a reduced cost, that, that, that's just, that is going to be, that is going to be a, uh, uh, the springboard for a lot of deal uh, and a lot of uh, projects in the future. It's going to be like a dam breaking. It's going to be amazing. I, I agree. And uh, so... Uh, the biggest concern we have as we start lining up the finance, we start doing these big deals to bring in capital through the, the offering that I'll, I'll show you in a minute. But um, obviously, Tom and Dan are like, and Mark Stevens, who runs Progressive Water, are like, you know, sort of bracing for this and making sure that they can deliver. Because once these deals starts popping, uh, it will move quickly. And here's an interesting twist. And that is uh, supply chains are tough. Right now, it's getting harder and harder to buy stuff. The prices are rising constantly. And so it's a very interesting time to be in the water industry, I would, I would say. <laughs> it is definitely interesting. Uh, yeah. We do see all those changes. Like, they're all happening at the same time. But, you know, the, the interesting thing that Dan and, and you and I have been talking about was the industry that we're in is so fascinating because it's been doing this business for decades, right? You know, treating water, helping people, making the environment better, keeping things clean. And yet it's kind of like the unsung hero of like, you know, the benefit to society. And all of a sudden now you're getting this big spotlight being put on it. Like, it's like pressure. Like you're all on the stage now and they got to sing. 
hey, we got to make water great for everybody. And the industry's looking around going, we're really old. We've, we had our shot like 10, 20 years ago. And, you know, now they're, they're like, oh my God, all this attention for these old guys in the water industry, which brings up this really quirky situation right now, which is the, the young people need to be brought into our industry and technologies like what we're doing have to be brought into the industry plus new process to actually keep up with the now newfound demand for everything. Like yeah. This- and it's another area where we have the, we and, uh, and our fellow smaller water companies have the, the um, speed of, you know, we can, we can get going quicker than some of these larger operations exactly. who are getting starved for talent. You're absolutely right. Right. Now they can rely we, on folks like we, us because we made things easy. That's right. We, we actually, we are very uniquely positioned. Uh, our, our in-house engineering and expertise in water and wastewater system design combined with our manufacturing capabilities, those are very, very powerful. And when you put both of those two together, we become a, a mission-critical strategic partner to a lot of these big regional, these national and regional AU firms that are working with these decentralized customers and working with the small rural facilities. Uh, I will share, I want to share this too real quickly if I have about a minute. I've, uh, where I work on a national basis and I'm talking to uh, our manufacturers reps around the nation and also talking with consulting firms around the nation, there is a developing common theme in that there is going to be a talent and a resource shortage. Wow. And it's going to be, it is going to stress the ability for the water industry to be able to meet the demand and to utilize the funding that is going to be distributed to all these customers, all these uh, public and, and, and uh, municipal customers that need this work, industrial customers, it is, there's going to be a huge shortage. Now that makes it really good for us because of our expertise and some of the standardization and the processes that we've created, especially from the engineering perspective, it makes us so easy to become bases of design. We solve and bridge a gap for the engineering world that exists and one that's existed for about 25 years now. Well, it, it's, it feels great to be in the right position um, quick question. Um, BC asks, um, uh, is there any list of chemicals that the system can filter to recycle? He's mentioning uh, NPK, chromium, PFAS, asbestos, things like that. Um, yeah. Sulfuric acid. You can, I just I mean, spent we, this afternoon on sulfuric acid, ironically. I, I was, we were working on a, a quote that came in. There was a, a very legitimate inquiry of, you know, whether we could remove, you know, different issues like hydrogen sulfide and, you know, other things and sulfuric acid. And obviously the answer is, yeah, these are all of the chemicals and all the situations that our machines do deal with. Now, each of them requires its own analysis to come up with the right solution. But, you know, our team down in Texas and Dan earlier, exceptional at this, you know, these are, these are exactly the kinds of things we do for industrial, you know, wastewater, you know, treat environments. Correct. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, here's the bottom line, BC and, and everyone else. We are super, um, uh, you know, light on our feet. You know, we have all these, the, we play the keyboard basically, and we have all these t- different technologies we can pull on. The real question is, I think, is that, and this is what's emerging from this fascinating conversation, is that there's a resource shortage at the water companies uh, and the, you know, the general contractors, et cetera. And, w- we can, we can fill that gap. And that's really, it's really exciting. Right. And I think, and think about it, like, you know, from the standpoint of efficiency, you know, Dan and I kind of joke around because it's like the, you're, you're playing that game, like with cups in a string, like telephone as a kid. And like, 
I'd ask one question and go through the string, go to the next guy, go to the next guy. Sometimes like finding problem solutions in the old part of the water treatment industry felt like that. You'd ask a guy who asked a guy who asked a guy and you know, he'd get back to you like a week later. You know, that just, that doesn't cut it in today's day and age of fast data industries and millennials who want instant answers on, you know, Facebook, you know, so the truth is you have to have smart people like a Dan early on staff and you have to have a Mark Stevens who can problem solve in real time in the shop. Like that's what our guys are doing. It's yep. literally like that. Well, you guys make, yep. make me look smart. So it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much. It's been really instructive and, and a whole wave of new opportunities have come out of this. So thank you so much. It's really, really fascinating time. I'm so glad that we are with the help of philanthropic investors driving this capital formation, uh, you know, also our wall street efforts, et cetera, um, so that we can finance these systems. But regardless of that, we're also becoming more and more a vital connector for the water industry. And that, that is so exciting. So thank you again. I appreciate it. And uh, we will continue. Oh, Khadija says, it feels great to hear smart sounding people. Well, count me out. These guys are smart. <laughs> it's all relative. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. We're gonna we're gonna quickly wrap it up with uh, the the part that that really talks about the own part of it, which is, um, you know, the the there's the uh, accredited or standard accredited investor offering, which uh, helps uh, pay to you know uh, for the efforts that Tom and Dan are investing in the staff, the teams, the contracts, et cetera. Um, and uh, can, go into, can go into further, but what's really important about this, we realized we used to, to be more worried about people being able to redeem their stock at a price that would be adjustable to the price going down. Well, that's not happening anymore. Um, you, know, you know, cross my fingers. And um, instead prices have been going up and then investors get really worried that they're gonna convert with less and less and less stock. You know, if, if you went in when it was five cents and now it goes to a dollar, well, you're getting a lot fewer shares. And so this offering now has a 20 cent limit. You could wait until the stock is $5 potentially, and it would still convert at 20 cents. And then there's the warrants, which give you up to four times leverage. Unbelievable package. It's very, very um, popular. And Ken can tell you more about that. You have to be accredited or from the or accredited from outside the U.S. Um, and uh, technically, it's a hundred thousand dollars, but you know we will make it. We will break it down for you. All right. Now this is the offering that is going to help us build the actual program with the capital. And this is finite finite worth investors. It is more conservative than the Series U because it, you get security. You're a senior secured creditor. Uh, it's, you're in a separate subsidiary that is uh, independent. It's wholly owned by us, but it's a separate subsidiary. And you get a security agreement on all the equipment that we send out. Now it still has great leverage with the warrants. I mean, it's, the, the, the money is fantastic, you know, obviously. And the 25% of net profits for up to 25 years. Remember last year at the week I told you about, you know, um, $20 million this $20 million fund, because this, this is a $20 million series, turning into half a billion dollars in revenue over 25 years, the net profits from that, which are less, are nonetheless very substantial. And uh, you get, if you invest in this, you get 25% of your 
share of net profits. Here's the interesting part. Remember that coin we're developing? Our hope is that we can accelerate the payment of the net profits by using the coin. That's, that's something that I'm working on with Rick Garcia. That's why Rick is on board. We're super excited about that. And um, that's where the coin comes in. The, the, the coin is a game changer because of the ability to take these really long payouts and accelerate them. We'll make that a topic of next briefing, in fact. And uh, Ken will, will uh, give you his masterclass. I call it a masterclass because really it is a mind-blowing session you'll have with him. He is so freaking on fire and um, he will discuss it in a way that is not like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close that deal. No, he's there to help you understand how you can profit from really helping in the water industry. Um, and he's done a wonderful job with all the people that have come into us from the Philanthropic Investor Network, for example. And uh, so we're, we're, we're loving where it's going. I'm seeing that there's some um, chats, but for some reason, uh, Zoom has decided to delay that. Um, next week, I plan to bring Ricardo Garcia on board. And uh, I've, I've teased you that we might be making some, NF, some, some of these tokens real time on the show. Wouldn't that be wild? So um, that could be definitely a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Bob Bruce asked, what about the Series A replacement? Um, the answer is that's forging ahead. We have got the legal team working on that. Um, very simply, just to give you an idea what it is, is that um, we previously had the, you got, you purchased the what's called the series M, it'll be a different series number, X, whatever. And um, you then got dividends, 10% per year paid monthly and 150% cash redemption. Well, now we've added, and I think this is how it's gonna be, um, you can also convert 150% to stock or if the company decides to convert you 200%. And it's at a fixed conversion price that over time we believe will become you know, it's not going to change. If it changes dramatically, we'll have to rechange it. But the idea is to not change it. And then let's say this, the, the price is 10 cents. And now the stock is 20, 30 cents, whatever. Um, you have this, you're still converting at, five cent, uh, at uh, 10 cents. So, and you get that multiple 150% or even 200% if we convert you. So it's a very good little offering that's coming. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's going to take a month or two for it to come together. And um, we have a, a, an investor whose name I won't mention, uh, but Ivan just tells us that this is um, an investor who is very happy with his investment after almost a year that he started with us. He sees a highly brighter future for the company. He thanks the entire team. This is a gentleman who has a net worth of over $100 million. And he not only invested, he invested again, and we are grateful for having, having do, done so. And we're grateful to Ivan, Artie, Vendi, and the whole team for what they're doing to assist us. So thank you for that. And um, Star says, great water industry getting more exposure thanks to you guys. You know, it's true. The water industry is an unsung hero, but it's time to point the finger at the fact that water needs help. So uh, <laughs> Bob Bruce says, count you out about my smartness. You're a plenty smart. It's just a different kind of smart. Thank you. 
<laughs> I'm not a mathematician. Last week, I was talking about $20 million turning into $488 million and saying that it was a, that was $118 million shy of a half a billion. And I got called out on that. Um, it's actually just $12 million shy of a half a billion, but I'm not a mathematician. Um, and um, okay, Akus, I accidentally logged out. Can you repeat everything you just spent an hour talking about? Akus, we have replays. If you are registered, you will get the replay. And um, it's very simple. It's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll send you the link right now in the, in, in the um, chat, but the link is, Kevin has it, originclear.com slash briefing hyphen replay. It will come to you. And not only that, it will be edited down from all the ridiculous things that we say just to have fun. Anyway, I appreciate your time, everyone. It's been wonderful. I see that people have stuck around. You're, you're the best audience. Thank you so much. And um, next week is going to be so much fun. Um, Benjamin Davis asked, what's my minimum investment? And the answer is, there's no technically no minimum. Here's the reason why. People tend to invest more. So we're, we're very happy with you coming in with, you know, toe in the water, as long as you're accredited or non-US, you know, uh, we don't want you to do 12 cents. We would like, I would say, you know, um, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna like, can't answer that question. So um, uh, Benjamin, would you mind going to oc.go slash Ken and um, have a meeting with Ken? He'll tell you all about it. And it, you can do less than a hundred thousand. Very, there's no real bottom, quote unquote. We just don't want it to do it for you know hundreds of dollars. This just doesn't work. Um, so oc.go. And then, um, well, I'm not going to keep you guys going because BC says um, keep up the great work, which I appreciate. Thank you very much. And uh, this is going on. <laughs> JRW says I'm going to move to Canada just so I can invest. <laughs> JRW, there will be an unaccredited investor offering soon. Anyway, thank you all. It's been wonderful. I appreciate your chatter. Have a wonderful evening. Enjoy your weekend. See you next week for a very exciting and different one. JRW says Washington, D.C. is now part of this country. Not going to comment on that. Good night. Good night.